0: Right down that rabbit hole So reality is questionable Try but you just can't let it go These two right here Pull it on the show It's paranormal Overload with southern hospitality Hard that murder Mayhem Tip while discussing Immortality Locations with a dark past History that comes to life Hillbillies with a knack for Happy thing that goes bump at night thinking if you by yourself These two will have you turn on the lights Mixing in a little comedy To make sure it all fits in Just right Hey Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Story. Now, here's your host, Jerry and Tracy
1: Paul, and their dogs. Hey guys, welcome to episode 280 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, as usual, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world. No matter which country you represent, thanks to all of you men and women and service animals for everything you do every day.
2: God bless you guys so much. We keep praying for you all every day, never going to stop. Thank you guys for protecting our country. We love you guys and stay safe.
1: And we also want to mention that it's that time of year where uh, a lot more people struggle with mental health issues uh, because of the holidays than they do other times of the year. And uh, if you know that there's loved ones out there or friends out there that they may have had a loss recently or they might be struggling in life, either financially or with a job or with COVID or whatever the case is, take a couple of of extra minutes and and give them a couple of calls a week just to check on them, make sure they're doing okay.
2: Absolutely. Because just this week myself, I've lost two relatives, so... You know, you just never, never know. So always just keep an eye on your friends and family and be there for them if they need you. Um, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to talk to anybody in the group, which we hope that you do, you can also call the 800 number at two seven three eight two five five. You can text at seven four one seven four one. 741 Just please reach out to us. Um, anybody in the group will be there for you no matter what, because we love you guys.
1: Absolutely. All right, Tracy, I want to say before we get started on this one, this was kind of a short week for us because we had a company in town. Obviously, we had Thanksgiving on Thursday, which we traveled. uh, It's not a long trip, but we did travel out of town to my dad's and uh, Ninja... (laughs) What Jesus Christ, He still having those turkey farts.
2: Oh my gosh. I think he's sick.
1: But we traveled out of town on Thursday and then we had, um, a tr- our son was in town Friday Yay! with uh, the grand grandkids. So we were here all day Friday with that. And then Saturday we had to go out of town again mm-hmm. for, so here's what I'm getting at. The... <laughs> (laughs) We didn't have as much time to prepare this week as normal, so the story is going to be a little bit shorter. But I think it's a good story. Okay, good. So what I did is uh, uh, I found a bunch of five haunted pubs in Scotland, and I went on a deep dive on one of them. Mm -hmm. And then I just I have some brief, just some brief little stories about the other ones, just so you'll know the five that was there. But we're focusing on one. Okay, fun. But that's what we did. And then I've got uh, Danny. Who has a listener story? That uh, Danny's a longtime listener. Lives up in the mid- Midwest. He's got a listener story, and uh, we're going to put that one on here. So very cool. So I think I think you'll like this story. It's just not quite as long as some of the other ones because I didn't have time to research as much. So okay,
2: we'll forgive you. All
1: right. So occasionally I run across the gem of a location that I was completely unfamiliar with. It's it, it's just amazing me. After five and a half years of doing this it still surprises me that I run across a story that I think is really cool Mm -hmm. that I have never heard of. And for tonight's subject, we're going to Edinburgh, Scotland. And we're going to talk about a structure that's very old. You know, anytime we talk about Great Britain, we talk about how old some of these structures are. Like the Ram Inn, Old Ram Inn, I think was built in the 1300s. Oh my
2: gosh, I would so love to see that.
1: And... This one is going to be kind of in that line. We're going to talk about the Tollbooth Tavern. It was built in 1591. That was originally part of the Cannon Toll Tollbooth. And from my understanding, this was basically the center of administration and justice and courthouse and everything was there. So that basically was like the building where all of the township stuff took place of. It was composed of a bell tower. And a lower level that contained the uh, council chamber and the courtroom. So you had the bell tower, and then but the lower level was where all the courthouse stuff took place.
2: So I wonder if all those things were made out of rock. Yes. Rocks. No wood.
1: No, yeah, they're made out of stone. Ah. I wouldn't call it rocks. I would well, call it you stone. know, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Boulders. So the tower has a clock that... It's really popular with tourists. Everybody that comes by, it's like, that's the site. They know it is. And the the clock is not made into it like Big Ben. It actually Mm -hmm. is like, hangs off the side. It's like, you know how you would have like...
2: Like Flavor Flav?
1: (laughs) No, not like Flavor Flav. Freddie, you can't just interrupt. Jump up on the table making noises. (laughs) No, like like there's a bracket that hangs off the building and the clock's like that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So there'll be some pictures that you can look at. Not that I'll post; you just have to look them up on the internet. Okay. Because I'm not good at posting pictures. I always promise to, and I never do.
2: Well, you dirty rat.
1: Anyways, the clock part was added in 1884, so well, it's yeah, it's been, been around for a couple hundred years. So they added the clock. The building's a histor- historical landmark, as you can imagine. And the purpose of this building was to divide. Royal Burg of Edinburgh and Canongate. So, there's two different, what you would call, burgs. And as far as the pub goes, the building has had many uses over the years. It was once the main entrance to the burg where tolls were collected from travelers who wanted to enter.
2: They had to pay tolls back in the yes, days?
1: they had to pay tolls to enter the city. So, it wasn't a bridge. But that's why it's called the Toll House. Because well, they were so ahead of
2: their time, weren't they?
1: Yes. Now, some of you are probably asking, what is a burg? I
2: was going to ask you that, but I felt like maybe I missed it and I didn't want to no. look stupid
1: again. I never stopped you before. <laughs> no.
2: Wait, what are they told? What, they made money? They paid money?
1: They had to pay money to get into the city. So it's basically, you had to go through this, this building to get... In a city.
2: I wonder how much it was.
1: I don't know. But let's talk about a burg. A burg is an ancient or medieval fortress or a walled town. So basically, the whole town had a wall around it. And you had one entrance and one exit. And that was... That is house. not
2: good if there's a fire.
1: No, but the whole town's not going to burn down. If it does, you still got open spaces. It's not like... Well, a it's giant made of rock
2: anyway, so it ain't going to burn. It's not like
1: biodome. <laughs> 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 this building at one time was also a prison and at the time they had a prison it was a courthouse and a police station all in the same uh, building. Convenient. In 1856 Gate was fully incorporated into the city of Edinburgh so there was no need to collect tolls anymore. So they quit collecting tolls in 1856 okay. when Cannongate became part of Edinburgh.
2: But then Peoples was relieved.
1: <laughs> it probably was. It will probably not surprise you that being as old as this building is, it has plenty of dark history. One of these stories says that a warlock was exercised on the premises by a gentleman by the name of Sir Lewis, I think his name is Belendon. I hope I said that right.
2: He be Belendon in
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was the justice clerk for Canongate at the time. And the legend says that the warlock was so scared of the exorcism and everything that took place during the exorcism, it took so much of a "quote unquote" toll on his body <laughs> <laughs> that he died of fright <gasps> shortly after the exorcism. Oh, now I couldn't—I've wow. seen that story a bunch in the research, but I couldn't find anything that I guess guaranteed that that really happened.
2: Well, I mean, it would just have to be a heart attack or something, wouldn't it?
1: Well, true, but I don't know about the whole warlock thing, but they're. We're going to get into more of that stuff on a, on a later story. But let's go to the prison days. Now, this could be confusing if you try to look it up, because it was only briefly used as a prison. Ironically, there was a prison named the Old Tobuth Prison that was located outside of St. Giles Cathedral. That prison was brutal. It had gallows and everything. But you would think, because it was also called the Old toll house prison mm-hmm. that that would be the one we're talking about, but it's not. The, oh. the, even though this was in the old toll house, mm-hmm. it was it was not the same prison as that. So you have basically had two prisons with the same name.
2: Oh, they don't the, have much of an imagination, or what? No,
1: this prison was on the ground floor of the Cannon Gate toll booth, and that's where the tavern is actually at today. And then up on the top level, the, the taverns on the lower level up on the top level on the second floor is where the uh, People's Story Museum is. So it's now it's a museum and a tavern. No. Oh. But all this used to be the prison downstairs. And it was primarily used for those who were guilty of minor uh, offenses or didn't pay fines because back then they would lock up debtors. Mm-hmm. In 1654, it held enemies of Scotland who were captured by Oliver Cromwell. So that was another time.
2: Okay.
1: I said that like you do who Oliver Cromwell was, but you didn't.
2: I was thinking really hard about it.
1: And technically, it was was Oliver Cromwell's guards, so Oliver Cromwell may not have done too much himself, but his guards did it.
2: He's a poser?
1: Yeah, but here's the deal with these. Most of these guys that was uh, captured by Oliver Cromwell's guards, they escaped by using a blanket tied together to climb down from their cells. Like you see in the movies where they tie the blankets and knots.
2: So that's where we got it from.
1: Probably so. (laughs) Between 1661 and 1688, the Scottish Presbyterian movement, known as the Covenanters. I'm probably going to butcher that because that's a hard word. It's Covenanter. Okay.
2: -er. And
1: and that's probably still a little bit wrong, but that's how it is. They were imprisoned here for treason. And if you guys remember, we did a story uh, a while back on uh, the poltergeist and the black mausoleum of Greyfriar Kirkyard. Do mm-hmm. you remember that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That cemetery had a gentleman buried in there by the name of George McKenzie. And he was the, I guess, the attorney, a lawyer back then, who actually sentenced several of these uh, covenanters to death. Covenanters. Covenanters, yes. Mm-hmm. He sentenced a lot of these to death. And... So there's a little tie-in, obviously, to this story. But, and we'll get to this a little bit later, remember the other toll booth prison I was talking about? It's actually right there by that cemetery. Oh, wow. So he was buried really close to the jail where he sentenced so many people to oh. so, death.
2: But he didn't have to pay toll to get in there.
1: Uh, probably not. He's probably paying something. Oh. That haunting, uh, by the way, is commonly referred to as the Mackenzie poltergeist. So, anyway, if you want to go back to that story. So if you don't remember right off, um, the cool thing about that story is there's a mausoleum, and they call it the Black Mausoleum, and that's where he was buried, Mackenzie, mm-hmm. and this homeless guy was trying to get out of the rain, and he went into the mausoleum, and he fell through the floor onto the body. <gasps>
2: So he had to be
1: rescued out. And then there's like all these well, people. Well, that's not
2: traumatizing at all.
1: No. And then all these people that visit there, like they go give tours and stuff there. There's a bunch of people who get really nauseous and pass out and sick that there's you know, all this stuff while they're there at that mausoleum.
2: But the guy that fell through on the body, he didn't die, right? No. Okay.
1: No. Obviously, now the location's a pub. It's not just any pub, though. It's the second oldest pub in Edinburgh. It started in 1820 as a pub.
2: Man, wouldn't you just like to go back out and hang with some of those people at the pub?
1: No, because some of these people seemed like they were shady characters at all these pubs back then.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So there's many tales about an unnamed shadowy spirit that likes to hang out here. The shadow figure likes to make its way around the pub and knock bottles and glasses off of the tables and then knock pictures off the wall. So apparently he's a jerk.
2: Yeah, he's rude.
1: The back of the tavern is where most of the eerie atmosphere is. Some say that there are ghosts of children who like to play throughout the entire pub. People hear giggling and laughing and just children's sounds uh, as far as footsteps and stuff like that. That sound like they're smaller footsteps, lighter, that could be children.
2: Well, don't they know they're too young to be in the pub?
1: Well, apparently they don't.
2: Mm.
1: And their laws probably aren't as, har- as uh, harsh over there. Probably not. They said that the children's footsteps and the voices can be heard echoing throughout. Some have claimed to have heard a spirit climbing the steps that makes its way up to the clock tower. Another ghost apparently likes making a racket by clanging things together, such as glasses or pots and pans.
2: That's all you got to do. I mean, that's all you got to use back in that day, probably.
1: (laughs) Well, the ghosts are like primarily today and like so
2: oh (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about the area that it's in okay behind the building at the very at the very back uh, this place is on a stretch called the royal mile there's a bunch of buildings that originally were used as housing back in between anywhere between the 1750s and the early 1900s they say that the atmosphere outside the tavern in that, like, the the outside area, mm-hmm. is very pressing. It's just a, a eerie feeling, and it kind of makes you feel like there's a, a oppression there that just drags you down and makes you feel sad.
2: Aw, well, that's not fun. You go into the pub to have fun.
1: Right. And inside this pub, a customer at one point in time reported seeing two gentlemen in old-fashioned military uniforms. Staff members have reported seeing an apparition out of their peripheral vision. Now, that, apparently whenever they see this apparition, it seems to be centered primarily around an upstairs door that gets left open. Like, if it's shut, it's nothing, but it, I guess this apparition apparently likes the door to be shut. Mm-hmm. So if somebody leaves it open, they always see this spirit. Oh. I would leave it open just for that.
2: Yeah, Definitely.
1: So the question is, who are these spirits that people are seeing? Some think that they may be prisoners, and some think that they may be the guards. Especially the two that are seen in the old uniforms. Mm -hmm. Because, if you remember, I mentioned that there was the escape, all the people that climbed down the um, bedsheets that they had tied together. The guards that were in charge that night was James Park and his assistant. They were incarcerated for allowing them men to escape. So it was it happened on their watch. So they were put so, in that jail, that prison. They weren't executed, apparently. So
2: the people escaped, and then they just took their place, basically.
1: Well, I think there was a lot more that escaped than them. Oh. <laughs> I think there was a bunch that escaped.
2: Oh, just a bunch? Right. Uh-huh.
1: As far as the prisoners, they weren't exactly treated particularly well. At least as far as the covenanters go. I know we mentioned the uh, covenanters earlier, but I didn't really tell you exactly what that was. So I want to make sure that we're clear on this. They were jailed because they did not accept the king as the head of the church. They They wanted to do their own thing and they wanted to basically follow a different path religiously and... The king was, no, in England and in Scotland and in Great Britain, period, the king was the head of the church, just like the pope would be today for the Catholic.
2: So they put him in jail for that, huh?
1: Yeah. You didn't, I mean, religion was a yeah super serious thing back then. If you didn't, wouldn't part of following the religion that was, that was of the land, then you might as well have been Satan worshiping, as far as they were concerned. Well, couldn't
2: they have just pretended
1: Well, I'm sure they probably could, but these people were trying to make the stand to try to prove a point. Eventually, the people that were imprisoned and were held there were sent to Greyfriars, which was obviously the place that was bad that we talked about earlier. That was only steps away, like I said, from the Black Mausoleum. Or they were shipped off to the Caribbean to endure, endure years of hard labor.
2: Ooh. That's that's started, kind of that started out kind of nice, and then you ended up with the hard labor. Well, it's
1: kind of I found that kind of odd, considering the fact that look how far the Caribbean is from mm-hmm. um, over in in Scotland. I kind of thought there would be places. I, I just I don't know where it was in the Caribbean, but it just found it odd that that's where they were shipping people off to. Right. In addition to this, they were also physically marked. The women would be branded on their faces. <gasps> and the men would have an ear cut off.
2: What in the flip is going on over there? Why you got to brand their face?
1: I don't know. So you could probably imagine how this kind of past might contribute to some otherworldly spirits kind of hanging around. Now, if you look towards the roof, like you're standing outside the building and you look up towards the roof, just to the left of the clock tower, you'll notice seashells that are implanted into the structure. It's been suggested that these offer protection from harmful spirits. I don't know if it does or not. That's what's suggested. That's why they put it there.
2: That just seems random.
1: And that's basically the majority of the story of the Toll House.
2: Damn. I don't mean... Me no like that place.
1: (laughs) As I'm doing research on this, I found it amazing at how many haunted pubs were in Edinburgh. Not just Scotland. Mm -hmm. Edinburgh itself. So I thought that I would briefly tell you about a few of them. One pub is called The Last Drop. Clever. It is. It's located in the Grass Market, which is actually one of the oldest areas in Edinburgh. The Grass Market got its name from the 14th century practice of using the large enclosed area for agricultural affairs such as corn, cattle, and horse trading. Don't that sound fine? Yeah. But this area has a darker side as well because it was also a perfect place for public executions. The last hanging actually took place here in 1784. Now, the last drop, the name of the bar or pub, actually takes its name for the grisly past of the of its Edinburgh's history there. Yeah. The last drop, you could imagine.
2: Yeah.
1: I'll leave that to your speculation as to what that mm-hmm. means. The actual bar Used to be apartments for a long time. And it was rebuilt using the building's original 17th century stone. Oh, that's cool, though. The main spirit here, supposedly, is that of a little girl that's often seen in the pub and its cellar. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't have a ton on these other ones, but... This next one, though, is pretty cool. The Banshee Labyrinth is the name of the pub. Ooh. It actually markets itself as the most haunted pub in Edinburgh. So they have no problem marketing themselves with uh, ghosts and spirits and stuff like that to try to bring people in. Well,
2: Heck, I don't blame them.
1: It was once part of Edinburgh's underground where plenty of unsavory residents, including thieves and murderers, could be found. If that's not bad enough, at one point, Lord Nickel Edwards used to live next door. Now... You're probably thinking, okay, so what? This guy lived next door. What's the problem? Mm -hmm. The problem was he was an aristocrat in the 1500s, and he felt that witches should be tortured and punished. So what did he do? He turned his basement of his house into a dungeon where he interrogated many, many women. Edwards is said to haunt the pub, and he throws drinks off of tables. I don't know why they know it's him or why they think it's him. But.
2: Why does he got to waste alcohol?
1: <laughs> There's also been sightings of a female ghost crying in fear, and that's possibly one of Edward's victims, people think.
2: He's a jerk. Put it's, some man down there in that bitch. <laughs> why can't men be witches?
1: They, warlocks. They can be warlocks. Well, There's a I mean, warlock in did, the first story.
2: Well, I know, but why does he always just have to, to concentrate on women?
1: I don't know. Maybe that was just his thought process.
2: Yeah, he's stupid.
1: There is another haunted pub in the Grass Market area where we just talked about the White Hart Inn. Now, that this sounds nice. It does. Now, Hart is spelled H A R T. Oh. And this is actually the oldest pub in the city. Because remember, we mentioned in the first story the Tollhouse say- house was the second oldest. Oh, okay. This one's the oldest. Some of this building was actually built in 1516. The name of the bar actually comes from an event that supposedly took place in the year 1128 on Feast Day of the Holy Rood. Now, he decided to do something that day against the advice from a priest because, after all, this was a holy day. Mm -hmm. So he shouldn't have been doing anything. But King David decided that he was going to go on a hunting trip. And the priest said, it's not a good idea. Don't do it. And he basically said, um, hello, I'm King David. I'm going to do what I want. So that's what he did. So he goes out on this hunting trip. Somehow, as they're out, he was out with a group. He got separated from his party. As he's out by himself, this huge white stag, known as a white heart, comes out of nowhere and knocks him off his horse. The stag lowered its antlers and he started to charge the king. And according to the story, as the king looked on, a fiery cross appeared between the stag's antlers, and then the stag just disappeared. The king considered this to be a miracle, and he went back to the same spot where this happened, and he put up a um, monument to mark where it had happened. At this shrine is right on the spot, and this is now called Holyrood Abbey. Oh,
2: I'll be so dang. that was
1: founded that day based on the king,
2: and it's still up to this day, huh? Mm-hmm.
1: The ruins are still there at the rear of the palace of Holyrood House,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's not completely intact, but whatever's left of it is still there. Now that was in the 1100s.
2: That is ridiculous.
1: The White Hart Inn is thought to be the favorite pub of the infamous murderers William Burke and William Hare. And if you those names sound familiar, and not a hundred percent sure who they are, they're the two guys that spent much of 1828 basically taking people to that bar, getting them drunk, mm-hmm. and then taking them to their place, which wasn't that far away, killing them. So they could turn around and sell them to the Edinburgh Medical School. That is just so well, rude. What ri- well, here's what, here's what originally happened. I won't, I won't get too deep into it because I don't have the story in front of me. But the medical school back then was paying so much a body, like $100 a body. I don't know what it was. Didn't
2: we talk about this before? Yes. Okay.
1: But that was that happened all over the place. It mm-hmm. would not just there. But these two guys are synonymous because the medical school was offering like a hundred bucks a body. So they would go out and dig up bodies, fresh bodies that were just recently buried. But there's only so many bodies and people got wise to that. So they would start uh, just kind of keeping an eye on them. They would set a guard out there or they would put, you know, like uh, some type of a cage around it to keep it from happening. But these guys got greedy And because of the fact that they knew they were getting like $100 a body and they couldn't always have somebody die to go get them, they decided to create their own business. So they would kill these people and then turn them into medical school. And the medical school needed the body, so they just turned a blind blind eye to it and didn't care. They just wanted the body. We'll give you the money. No questions asked. But this is the bar where they came to get their people drunk and then take them off. There's been numerous sightings of a dark shadow figure here heading down to the cellar. Barrels in the cellar mysteriously move around and doors slam shut on their own accord.
2: Mm. That's some crazy stuff right there.
1: This is the last last one, and it's got my favorite name. The Whistlebinker. <laughs> <laughs> this used to be in the Southbridge Vault. It's an area down there called the Vaults. It's known for its top quality music. So it's a good place to go listen to bands if you're in the area. It's probably just as well known for two ghosts, the Imp and the Watcher. That's their name. The Imp, as its name probably suggests, is mischievous. And it likes to move things around all over the bar. So they're constantly having to re, you know, fix stuff. Fix stuff, yeah. Yeah. It also likes to change the clocks and lock doors on people.
2: Oh, man. That would be scary.
1: Now, the Watcher, on the other hand, is said to be dressed in 17th century clothing. And as its name suggests, it likes to watch people from afar and then just disappear. So he gets sighted, mm-hmm. but then it just disappears. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, he don't need to be hanging around that much. Just let, you know, let him see him and that's enough.
1: So, anyway, that's our little story on haunted pubs.
2: Yeah, and there's some cool places over there, for so sure. So, we're we'll going to take
1: a really quick break from our sponsor. We'll be back to do uh, all the housekeeping stuff, but also we've got that uh, listener story from Danny that's pretty cool. Sounds awesome. All right, some really quick housekeeping. First of all, before I get into housekeeping, we have a special birthday to twins. Yeah. Lana and Xavier it's late because it was last weekend, and we would have we would have done it last weekend, but we were gone to that convention and had already recorded, but happy birthday to happy both birthday,
2: of you. Happy birthday, guys. Big old 12 years old. That's awesome. Yep. Well, well, happy birthday, guys. We love y'all. Hope y'all had a great birthday.
1: Absolutely. All right, so real quick, uh, I'm not going to get into big details, but we've got all the shows that we've already set up that are uh, on our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, You can go there, but we're still working on the Indianapolis show. I think we've got the location. We're just working final details. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think we got everything down. But uh, we're gonna go up and check out the location and and, uh, see it for ourselves. Because that's what I do for you guys. I'll drive two (laughs) hours just to make sure that I like the location.
2: Yeah, pictures don't always make sure
1: it's not closed. Yeah, pictures (laughs) don't always do justice. But we're doing so. The Indianapolis show, I'll have tickets on sale here soon. But we've got the Louisville show in April. We've got our birthday show in uh, August in West Virginia at the old hospital on College Hill. I can't wait for that. And Bobby Mackey's is in there. Of course, we've got, uh, I know I'm forgetting one. The Cruise. Which, the Cruise. Still got that going. It's a good time to jump on that. Use tax money to pay that stuff off.
2: Yo yeah, yo. Yeah.
1: But there's another one that seems like I'm forgetting. So we got Bobby Mackey's. We've got Indianapolis.
2: West Virginia. No, we're right. West no, Virginia no, and right. Louisville. That's, no, that's right. right. I'm just, yeah. That's We're
1: good. Yeah. Okay, so we got that. Tracy, what do you got over there?
2: All right, for iTunes we have Cindy Maycheck, Asian Gal eighty three, Mojo Lobster, Danielle Morrison, CM Comb, and Mom one oh one six oh nine. Thank you guys for your such, such, such nice reviews. We really appreciate y'all so much taking your time to do that.
1: Yeah, and we're glad that I'm glad that people are enjoying the reading of the book.
2: Oh yeah, you've had a lot of nice people talk about how they like it. And so that's great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then our Patreon this week is Marie. Thank you, doll. We appreciate you so much for your support.
1: All right. Let's listen to Danny's story real quick. And All then right. In we'll this puppy. Hey guys, I got Danny from Pennsylvania on Danny's a longtime listener of the show. And he had sent in a, a, a request to tell his story about a ufo that he had and and when i say long-time listener danny goes back to the ricky days he's pre-tracy as i like to call it, pt pre-tracy so first of all danny thanks for coming on
0: thanks for having me jerry
1: and thanks for being a long-time listener i appreciate
0: it i love the show you and tracy do a great job
1: i appreciate it How- what did you think about the difference between the Ricky days and the Tracy days? I, I it's funny now because Ricky really was in such a small sample size compared to the rest of it. Uh, like I said he was in uh, 11 episodes, but uh, it was a complete difference.
0: Yeah, um you and Ricky you guys were great together. It was um of course it was a little uh, darker humor back then. But <laughs> right. uh, but with with you and Tracy you just being married you you have that uh natural connection there you, you guys are, are just great together
1: yeah i wish we were like that off the air i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and ricky's doing great i talked to ricky literally probably uh about an hour and a half ago he just started his own gutter company and oh, okay. uh, he was asking me if i give him some plugs which of course you know that goes without saying we're gonna give him some plugs so I'm going to hook him up. But yeah, Ricky and I still talk fairly regularly. So pretty cool. All right. So you have a UFO story and I I, I didn't ask you anything about it because I wanted to be surprised when you told me about it. So I can, I can play Tracy tonight and do some reacting to the story. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Danny, tell me about your UFO story. And then there's another story afterwards that we're going to get into.
0: Okay, well, I got a hold of you because listening to uh, this past weekend's episode on uh, the Port Royalton UFO, um, when they were describing the craft, uh, man, I just got goosebumps from my, goosebumps, from my jaw and dropped wide open. Uh, cause, and I was yelling, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. Um, I'm originally from western New York. And my grandmother lived in a small town called Cherry Creek, which is about an hour southwest of Buffalo. And there had been a lot of ufo sightings there and i remember one time this had to have been around 80 or 81 i was riding in the car with my grandmother from a small town called south dayton and i remember my grandmother saying wow look at that and now this is probably about four or five o'clock in the afternoon so it's it's during the day and there was this large triangular craft it was couldn't have been more than a couple thousand feet in the air and it made absolutely no sound. And it was like just following us. And just like what they had described in the Port Royalton episode, yeah, it was like, looked like a small city, but they didn't have lights going. I, I don't know if it was during the day, but, and it was just like the craziest thing I'd ever seen.
1: Now, is this during the same time that, is this closer or, or considered the Hudson Valley where you were?
0: No, this is on the other side of the state.
1: Okay, because I know know that's about what was in the late 80s when they had all the Hudson Valley sightings. Am I correct in that?
0: Yeah, mid to late 80s. Um, But yeah, the the Cherry Creek, New York area, they've they've had a lot of UFO sightings. And do you remember the old TV show sightings that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel?
1: Loved sightings.
0: Their very final episode, they did a segment on a a well-documented UFO landing in Cherry Creek. Oh, nice. I
1: wonder... I wonder if that's readily available. If I wonder if that's something you can find on YouTube,
0: you might be able to. Um, and I, I did a little research uh, before I came on with you. Back in 2018, they had 65 reported sightings in 2018 in Upstate New York. Oh, wow. uh, there's a, a lot in that area.
1: What um, do you? What do you? What do you think? the reason for that is, do you think there's a reason why the, while that area is, is more targeted by UFOs?
0: I really don't know. Um, I could see, um, like around area 51 where there's, where there's, uh, you know, less people, but of course, you know, that that's a whole different story there. that could be military. We don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what, what the reason is, is, um, in that area, there, there's a lot of farmland and then, you know, you get to uh, smaller towns and everything. And, and then they're on the other side of the state there, the Hudson Valley. So it, it, um, who knows?
1: So when you saw this thing, mm-hmm. how, how old were you at the time? Uh, I was about nine or 10. So it obviously stood out to you. Like you said, it was during the, middle, during the daytime hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the, the, the small details, you know, like exactly what time of the day it was, but I can remember right about exactly where I was and I can remember the craft perfectly in my mind and the, the fact that it made absolutely no noise at all.
1: Did it, did it seem to be stationary, just kind of hovering, or was it moving when you saw it?
0: It seemed to be following us. So it it hmm. was hovering but moving slowly. I don't know if, we, if they were watching us or I I don't know what was going on but I I just I couldn't believe it and then just like that it was gone.
1: Hmm. And did it look like it was you said it you uh, said it looked like a small city or something so it was pretty big.
0: Yeah, yeah, um it was kind of like almost like what you'd see in Star Wars, you know, like the star destroyers almost kind of like that, but, uh, it was like a flat triangle.
1: Did your grandmother see this too?
0: Yeah. She was the one that pointed it out.
1: What, how does she feel about the whole incident? That's did, did. I mean, was this something like years later she was still talking about, or is it like a ah, ho-hum another UFO?
0: No. Well, she, she passed down a few years after that, but, um, she had, she had talked about it before. Um, she delivered, the penny savers around that area for the people that don't know the penny mm-hmm. savers like a small newspaper with local news stories and that one ads and and she she would deliver these and there was one house that she always delivered to that uh nobody lived in it the house had been abandoned for a long time there was no electricity going to it now she always delivered a paper there and it was always gone of course somebody could just go and grab it out of the box or whatnot but I went with her one morning and this was about five o'clock in the morning. So it was still dark. And there was a upstairs room. It had a light on and it didn't look like it would be, um, like a flashlight or anything like that. It looked like, you know, a light on the ceiling. You flipped the you know, flipped the switch on to turn it on, but there was no electricity going to this house and hadn't been for a long time. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that was right there, right by where the, this, uh, landing happened back in
1: 65 hmm. i'm about to look that up that could be a future uh uf only episode which we actually just recorded right before uh you came on I, Yeah. so i'm sorry go ahead
0: yeah you, you can find a lot on online about that the, the one in 65 there, there's a lot of articles on you can get some information on
1: good sounds like a perfect episode so you told me, and this is something that I hear very rarely, that you've got a haunted trailer story. And I've used to make jokes about haunted double wides and stuff like that. Cause we, we went to a haunted attraction one time, but it was a double wide trailer that they'd made up. And I was like, it just, but it made me think that you never hear about haunted manufactured homes. It's always, you know, it, it, it really doesn't make sense that they gotta be out there. Cause I mean, some of these mobile homes are, I looked in Florida, some of these things were built in the 50s and the 60s. and They just keep remodeling and remodeling. So they're old yeah. enough to have spirits. So tell me your story, Danny.
0: Okay. Well, this was back in about 2000. Uh, I'd gotten this trailer from a guy that I worked with. Him and his wife had just bought a house and they let the, the trailer go pretty cheap. And, you know, being a truck driver, I was gone during the week. I was like, okay, yeah, th- this is a pretty good deal there. You know, cause the uh, trailer was cheap. the lot rent was cheap. And as I was getting ready to move in, his wife had told me, she said, strange things happen here. And I said, yeah, like what? And she just says, you'll never believe me. And I said, well, <laughs> I, I've had strange things happen. She says, no, you won't believe me. Well,
1: it was nice happened. of her to tell you after you had bought it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, So, like like I said, this was back in 2000, and uh, I was uh, on an America Online chat room. Remember the old dial-up days? It sounded like a coffee grinder.
1: I I still have an AOL address, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sitting there in the chat room, and all of a sudden, I hear a loud bang underneath the, the trailer. It sounded like something heavy fell, but there was nothing under there, and it didn't make any sense. And then uh, it started out in small things like that. And then the way this one was set up, it was your standard trailer where you go in the front door and you're, it's the middle of the trailer. You go into the living room. And if you go to the right or if, if you go to the right, there's the kitchen and and there's a front room. You go to the left. It takes you down the hallway where there's the, the smaller bedroom, the washer and dryer bathroom, and then the main bedroom. And I was laying in bed one night and i had just laid my head down and i had, hadn't been laying in bed for about two minutes and from the front of the trailer i heard somebody yell clear as day danny and i was there by myself and that that kind of freaked me out i, I thought <laughs> did i really hear that and then a week later i had gone to bed and been laying there for about i don't know maybe five minutes and I heard uh, the front door, which was and nobody else had a key for. It. I heard the front door open and close. And then I heard somebody walk through the living room, down the hallway, stopping at my bedroom door. Hmm. And I could <laughs> feel somebody staring at me. And now the, the way that the bedroom was set up, I had the headboard for my bed next to the door. And then there's a the light switch up above me. I flipped on the light switch and there was nobody there. And things just got really weird from there. I was laying in bed one night, and it sounded like somebody walking into the room, and I could feel a hot breath on my face. And that freaked me out. (laughs) And then, but even better than that, um, I was laying in bed, and I felt fingers running through my hair.
1: Oh, goodness. I don't have to worry about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting close to it. (laughs) but then it it just got to the point where finally i'd go to bed i'd turn the light off and you would hear somebody walking around the bed back and forth you turn the light on it stops you turn the light off you hear the footsteps back and forth around the bed and and it got to the point where i was sleeping with the lights on and (laughs) then i i got out of there that was enough for me
1: what kind of experiences did your wife have or did she have any at all uh, oh, I was single at the time. Oh, okay. I thought I was thinking you said you moved in with your wife. I don't know. I, I don't know why I was no. thinking. No, that,
0: that was my uh, friend's wife that told me that the strange things that's, happened.
1: there. That's what, that's what was popping in my mind. That's right. It was your friend's wife. Well, that's, uh, that's crazy to say the least. Uh, how long do you think that, uh, that you actually made it before you moved out from the time you moved into the time you left?
0: A little over a year.
1: Any idea what might have been going on? Because obviously she was having experiences. And did you ever go back to your the friend that sold it and say, "Hey, what's going on, oh, dude?"
0: Oh yeah, well uh, I told his wife, you know, the things that were happening, and she says, "Yeah, that's exactly what happened." And <laughs> I think she said something like, "That's just Grandpa telling you know, to, to, that we moved," or something like that.
1: Nice, and it and that very well could be what it is. I mean, maybe it was just an attraction that they had.
0: Yeah, but I I don't miss it. I mean, it was a cool experience, but I don't think I'd want to go through it again.
1: Have you had any other paranormal experiences other than that trailer?
0: I have. Uh, and this was at the same time, another friend of mine that I worked with, uh, I used to spend a lot of time uh, at, at his house on the weekends and uh, their their house, there was two suicides in that house. Uh, one guy had hanged himself in the living room. There, there was beams on the on the ceiling in the living room and he he hanged himself from one of those and his wife would decorate for the holidays, you know, whether, you know, like Christmas time, she'd hang snowflakes from the ceiling and, um, and you know, all the decorations would hang there. There'd be no breeze blowing through except there, there would be one decoration that would spin back and forth. did not matter what, what, what decoration it was, what time of the year, but just that one spot and that was where the guy hanged himself.
1: Oh, that's crazy.
0: And then the other, the other suicide there, um, the, the guy he tried to kill his wife. He hit her in the head with a hammer in the kitchen, and she survived. He went upstairs into the main the master bedroom and he put a shotgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. And then this guy's wife was saying that you know you'd hear things there you know uh strange stuff going on and they had cats and the cats would be walking through the house and all of a sudden they would just stop and look up at somebody that wasn't there and then walk around them
1: that's crazy
0: <laughs> and then one night uh well it was a uh, it was the day after thanksgiving I, I was visiting with them they both had to go to work and they told me they said well, you just stay here you know we both got short days we'll be back i said okay so i was watching tv and then their their daughter was at a friend's house it was just me and the cats there and i heard somebody walking down the stairs and that's what uh his wife had told me that she had heard a lot and he finally heard it one time too and that kind of freaked me out but e- even better though um unfortunately the house burnt down and yeah, his wife showed me pictures that she'd taken when they went through the house afterwards, you know, showing me that, you know, to, to see the fire damage. Unfortunately, all the cats were killed in the fire. Oh. Uh, she took a picture in the kitchen and on the counter looked like a cat, but it was made of ash and just sitting right on the counter. And then another picture that was taken of the front of the house. And in the, in the window to the living room, you can see a man's face, ash. And those, as she said, you could not see anything when she took the pictures.
1: That's incredible. Now, this lady taking the pictures, was she the one that was hitting the head with the hammer? No. Okay. This was somebody else. Right. That's. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a lot of stuff that happened in one house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, two suicides in one house. That, that doesn't happen too often. No, and you, a lot of bad energy,
1: apparently. So it just kind of makes you wonder what made the guy snap where he tried to kill his wife and then killed himself. I mean, was there something behind all that?
0: Uh, there probably was. I whatever the story was, I don't know.
1: But you know what I mean, though. Cause like you start, like the whole Amityville story. You know you had the Lutzs moved in, and he claimed as soon as he got in the house, he started you know just having these feelings of wanting to harm his wife and all this stuff that wouldn't there before, same thing with the the Pittmans and the Sally house. just sometimes a yeah. house has a way of of turning you uh into something else' depending on what energy's in there so yeah it's it's odd because the two suicides, like you said, was there something behind those suicides that that was maybe pushing that we were unaware of.
0: Yeah, there might have been something going on in that house before that even happened. Who knows?
1: So, Well, Danny, it was awesome getting to finally talk to you after uh, just talking to you online for so long. I appreciate your support.
0: Well, I, I love the job you guys do on the show, and I appreciate you having me.
1: Well, yeah, It's been fun, and like I said, you had some cool stories, so I'm glad we got to share them with, it, with all the listeners out there.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Jerry.
1: So that was Danny's story. It's a it's a good story. It was sad that the cats got killed. But,
2: oh, dang it.
1: But it was it was cool that, you know, it looked like it was on the counter and all that stuff. So yeah. anyway, it was a cool story. Thank you so much, Danny, for sharing that with yes, us. Yes, thank you so it. much. And thanks to all of you for everything you do. We appreciate it. And uh, sorry the episode was a little bit shorter. I'll make it up next week.
2: Yeah. You guys are such a blessing to us. And we just love you all and want to try to give you the best we can every week.
1: Amen. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later.
0: Have a blessed week, guys. We love you.